What's the matter, Chrissy? Tell Uncle Paul. This being made ain't working out the way I thought it would. A lot of responsibilities. Fucking A. What did you think? You're only as fucking smart as this week's lines. One false move and you spend your fucking time chasing it instead of making money. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Go home. Get some sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. That's a little thing we like to call Mo Money, Mo Problems, Christopher Moltisanti. Welcome to Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. I am Jim Scampoli. I am Commandatory Burroughs, and this is my favorite Sopranos episode on the Citadel. What a great one. Season 3, Episode 3, Fortunate Son. Wow. Fa- like, favorite uh, uh, so far? Yeah, but you know me. I say that all t- in all the shops on the Citadel. Uh, it is a really good one, though. I it's There's nothing in particular that makes it, like, stand out, but except at the end of it, I was like, wow, what a great episode. <laughs> yes. I this... really, I, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I haven't really sat back and thought about it. That was just my gut reaction. This episode, Fortunate Son, uh, episode three of season three, written by Todd A. Kessler, and directed by Henry J. Brockteen, who also, looking up him, he also was a first AD on Weekend at Bernie's. Um, he's directed two other uh, Sopranos episodes, Nobody Knows Anything and From Where to Eternity, and he will direct one more uh, as we go through these episodes. Todd A. Kessler, as the name has popped up a bit, and I believe he will pop up again. Uh, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, before we get into the episode, though, there's one big thing we missed last week. I mean... We're so yeah. caught up in it. We're we're enthralled with the episode, the funeral, and the reception, and how everything played out. We forgot to update our counters for one of the biggest deaths to impact the show thus far, one Livia Soprano. So, I mean, it's only fitting that we make sure we update the counters. Are you ready? Yes. And we do it. Exactly. So for everyone keeping track at home, we are now at 22 22, yes. Did mine go through? Oh, there we go. Yeah, it went through. 22 deaths and 10 walkouts. The walkouts are uh, really trailing behind here as far as the deaths, but at the same time, they're not in totally different realms, so to speak, as far as scale. There's still a a lot of them going on, except now all of a sudden we got functional working therapy for the first time in, I believe, about two seasons. Uh, So maybe we'll get a a decrease in walkouts, but then as death goes up, so does anxiety. So who knows what will happen in the future. Maybe there'll be a a, a late comeback for the walkouts. Well, you know, especially on a TV show, when things seem to be going good, that's when things need to go the other way. I mean, it's a welcome yeah. addition because season two therapy, things were quite off the rails. So we're kind of back. Uh, things are leveled out a bit. Melfi's got a hold of herself, at least for now. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, well, we don't know that for sure because we have not seen anything from her perspective. She could be snorting coke for all we know, uh, like between sessions. But uh, but yeah, she's doing a good job of it anyway, and it's such a good such a good version of uh, using therapy to explore deeper themes. Because uh, because uh, sometimes it's just been like, and now Tony can talk about his feelings for a bit or talk about the plot. And now it's like, no, no, this is actually adding so much dimension that couldn't have been added in any other way. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, the episode starts out, we got Chris and Adriana hanging out. Chris gets the call. Uh, or at least he thinks it could be the call because it is the busy season. So there's no not uh, answering your pager uh, pagers. There's no not yeah. answering your pager because it's football season. Bets are coming in as we see throughout the episode, how it affects everyone. Um, and as we did learn at the end of the last season, Tony did tell Chris he's going to be getting his button getting made. Mm. Uh, and Adriana is a little nervous because we've all seen Goodfellas, and we know sometimes it's just a setup to shoot you in the back of the head. And Chris says, ah, you've seen too many movies. And then Chris is very nervous <laughs> as he awaits being yeah. picked up. <laughs> and later that line gets repeated. And we've <laughs> also, like, everyone's seen Goodfellas. It's ridiculous how much everyone's seen it. Um, and, you know, I would assume in other mob stories that also happens. I've honestly seen more people get shot when they're expecting to get made than I've seen people get made in movies. So it makes sense that they'd be worried because everything we know we learn from movies and TV. 
Absolutely. And I, I do like the, um, uh, the, it's like, I mean, I, they're just in some like shitty basement or like, um, you know, what there's like poker tables, like it's kind of just some, you know, uh, I don't want to say scummy, but it's just, you would expect it to be this big thing, but no, they're just yeah. in this random place and it's kind of silly in a way. Uh, but of course, it's very silly. Uh, but of course, it's a big deal because, as they say, well, as Christopher says, you know, uh, no wife of a maid guy is going to be a hostess. And mm-hmm. as Tony and um, uh, the rest start to say, like, this is your family now, and this is the most important thing. And if God forbid, if you ever become sick, then we will take care of you. If you have a problem, you come to us. And we've seen kind of how it doesn't always matter. Maybe if someone doesn't like you. <laughs> and your maid they might have to go through a few extra channels but things can still be made to happen to take you out well i I just noticed like the big fat guy that's like junior's sidekick is there right uh and i'm like oh yeah christopher should have been made a long time ago if he's been made this whole time because i assume there are only made guys there you wouldn't invite an unmade guy to a guy making party um, so yeah, uh, it's very silly. It's very reminiscent of if you are a listener of shows, what you know that has left a review, we would do anything for you and your family, and your family is our family, and vice versa. And if you haven't left a review, you're on the outside. So anyone who's left a review on iTunes uh, gets this treatment for us. We burn a card in your hand, and then you rub it together, and you say "hukus pukus filiukus," <laughs> a spell, an old Swedish spell, and then it, it's sealed forever. But yeah, it is pretty silly. Uh, but what makes it sort of less silly is the bird yes right the bird is so ominous yes and and such a classic like i mean we've seen with christopher and Polly, they're both uh very superstitious and i guess spiritual in a way if you will and i love that this is the moment that we've been hearing christopher talk about for the past two seasons how he's you know i should have been made right then and there and you know it's about time for me and he's always complaining but here he is. He's getting his moment, and he's distracted by what is it like a crow. What, what's what's the bird out the window? Yeah, I believe it's a crow. Yeah. He's distracted because clearly it's a sign. <laughs> it's it's, yeah. a, it's a sign that the bad things are going to happen. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the way it vanishes as well, kind of creepy. But uh, yeah, they're they're clearly in some basement, like you said. And I think once they get all the making business out of the way uh they can they can head out and have the party because i guess you don't want to have that when the fbi is all tapping you up all over the place so that makes sense yes um and then afterwards paulie walnuts comes over and he hands over the bookie business i guess because you got to have something if you're a made guy like something that's your own and he explains the rules you got to kick this up and then i kick it up like you should probably know this already, and it, and I am sure that'll go fine through the rest of the episode without any issues. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's you know it starts off all nice where it's like you know you kick up a certain percentage of the of your take, except here's the little footnote to that: it has to be at least six grand, like that's yeah. the minimum. So, you know, we got, we go back to Goodfellas again. Fuck you, pay me. Business is bad. Fuck you, pay me. Oh, struck by lightning. Fuck you, pay me. So. You know, that basically the mob is just a big pyramid scheme and you want to be at the top where everyone's kicking up to you. And it might seem cool to get in, but usually you're going to be at the bottom and it's a fucking pain in the ass as we see throughout this episode. Yeah, yeah. So six grand every week. I'm guessing that's the... No. Well, does that mean he has to earn 60000 every week to kick up six? Um, It's just saying that... No matter what, it's six. No matter what, it's six. But if you if say it, you do make like seventy grand, then yeah, yeah then you're kicking up seven. Ah, uh, okay. So oh, I mean, it's a lot to burn every week. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, you know, sports betting. You should be making money if you know what you're doing. Clearly, Christopher yeah. doesn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's basically saying like you know maybe you'll make twenty, but you're not kicking up two grand you're kicking in six of that. So you're not like, I'm sure it would only be certain times or very good weeks where he's making that a week. So Mm. it's kind of like this illusion that you're only kicking up 10 points, but you're probably kicking in a good percentage of what you make. 
Yeah, interesting. So that means he made a uh, just since you know this is a bookkeeping podcast. Um, he made uh, let's see, he must have made like four or whatever. Then he must have kicked up everything to Paulie, yeah, right? Because he was really going frantic. As we see, yeah, basically all he made was four grand. So <laughs> and he just uh, didn't this make is the dream. <laughs> it's just kind of like what he talks about at the start of the, the clip I played, where it's like if you're not making it then you're just spending the rest of your time chasing it so it's like you're not making anything because of course yeah. chris he's already like as we were talking about in the scene he's already telling adriana to give her notice we do see she's still working at the end of the episode so i mean i guess she still could have given her notice who knows uh he already bought a range rover um because he just got made so of course he did so he's not yeah. making the best decisions he just assumes that it yeah. means immediate money coming in so the other side of the episode, at this same party, the after party, uh, we have a guy from New the New York side of things talking to Tony about, hope you got this uh, faint and fit <laughs> thing handled. Yeah. Um, have we seen this character before? I don't think so, but I believe this is Carmine. Um, I believe Johnny Sack has mentioned Carmine. I, uh, I think he's like one of the bosses, or at least the boss of whatever Johnny Sack's crew is. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, what he's like, how are your spells doing? How are you feeling lately? Uh, how about you're a psychiatrist? And obviously this makes Tony uncomfortable because it was bad enough that he had to admit it. And he even said at the time when he admitted to his crew, like, this is not something we're going to be talking about. But here it is. He's sitting there trying to eat a plate of meat, look at, looking at strippers. And this dumb Carmine wants to come over and ask him about his spells. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that sort of kicks, uh, kicks, kickstarts the other part of the episode where he talks to Melfi about getting serious uh, or quitting. But first, we have a scene with Janice where she, I guess, I, I guess she has a small victory here in that Tony says, "Oh, we're gonna get Svetlana to move out because last time Svetlana was saying, oh, you know, Tony said I could stay, but then she's staying anyway." Was that at? Janice's insistence well I think you could tell a lot from this scene and I like that they just visually tell us what's going on is yeah when we start the funeral uh Janice is trying to kick out Svetlana but Svetlana mentions that Tony said she could stay so what can we uh, infer is that Tony what Tony said is happening Svetlana is still staying at the house so Janice's strategy is she just plops herself on Tony's couch. There's a big mess all around her of junk food, and she's just mm -hmm. watching TV like with a blanket, drinking a beer. So you can kind of just get all of it from that. That is that Janice is like, okay, I don't even have to ask Tony. All I have to do is be a pain in the ass. So when Tony wants to get me out of the house, he'll go and ask Svetlana to leave or whatever. Yeah, because he does say, like, with a smile on his face, you know how much we love having you around. <laughs> yeah. You know how much we love you. It's such a great line because she knows. Um, well, I just love all the, 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 the junk food and treats around her, and you could just tell she's just been in that spot for hours and hours, and everyone's just kind of like, oh, being polite to her, uh, but everyone wants her gone. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, it is uh, it is busy season. I just assumed those were football watching remains as well, mm. but you're right. That makes uh makes a lot of sense. Um so but Tony does say she's going to move out to tomorrow, maybe the day after or whatever. Uh and she goes to pack. But that's the thing I was like, so Tony says that, but then she's still there and in the next scene with them, they they're sort of moving her into a different room so that was janice saying you should stay or no well no because i believe in that scene because yeah they're making up a bed and svetlana mentions like oh i'm sorry to that i'm in your room but then she also says i'm gonna be out of this house like tomorrow or whatever it was because uh like basically what i infer is that yeah tony asked her to leave but it was kind of like okay she's gonna leave in the next few days yeah. Uh, but Janice has already kind of got her hooks in at the house. And again, we hear about these records and how she wants that extensive show tune collection or whatever it was that <laughs> Livia Soprano owned. Yeah, of course she does. I guess it must be valuable because otherwise she'd never care about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, then we got uh, we we got Christopher showing up at Roy's Pizza Parlor before realizing, of course, he can't be seen around <laughs> these parts anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing a suit now. Now I'm the big shot. Um, but yeah, he, he's there and 
um, and Junior uh, and uh, his buddy come to pay their respects. I don't know who... Like, there's two other characters in this scene. Like, one hanging out with Christopher, one hanging out with Junior. Yeah, I, I know, know who, it's, who they are. it's Benny that's with Christopher. I don't know Jackie's friend. They do say his name a couple times. But, yeah, Jackie Jr.'s there stewing because it, it, Sopranos loves to have the young idiot that thinks he you know needs more than he should like it was Christopher in season yeah. 1 and still Christopher to an extent then of oh, course yeah. we had um you know dumb and dumber in season 2 with uh yeah. I can't Bevilacqua and I forget the other guy's name and now we got Jackie Jr and yet another person who thinks he should get more and it's kind of uh, the another extension of the Aprils because of course in season 1 we did have Jackie Senior, but Jackie Senior was mostly a good guy. He was just sick and died. And then, of course, we had Richie, and now we got Jackie Junior. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it's always like, w- like if you just do what you're supposed to for <laughs> five minutes, you'll be all right because you're already on the inside. But they're always like, I should already have the world in the palm of my hand, and I was gonna be a made man and whatever. And uh, I'm gonna like I can't can't be mad at like I can't act out at Christopher anymore. So I'll just flip some guy's pizza over and then. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Christopher has to say, oh, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I can't be seen in a place like this. Well, and one of the <laughs> this is one of the quotes everyone always pointed out as like one of a classic Sopranos quotes. It, it didn't make a big impact on me. But when he says, uh, don't re- disrespect the pizza parlor, for some reason, that was always whenever they're talking about great Sopranos quotes, they bring that up. I guess it's because it yeah. is so ridiculous. And he's yeah. like, oh, hey, don't re- disrespect the pizza parlor. And then, yeah, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but. I can't be seen in a place like this anymore. <laughs> After the guy's like the coolest to him, wants to get him the free pie and everything. Yeah. But anyway, moving on to Melfi's office, like we mentioned, they do some useful stuff for once. Uh, this has got to start showing results or end, Tony says. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he it's basically brought on by, well, if the other mob boss says that, like, it's a, it's a hint. It's not like... A fuck you if you don't do this, but it's like I'm aware of this. You're handling it, right? And Tony's like, better fucking do something. And it just and it also just seems like a natural progression for anyone if you're in therapy. It does. I'm sure you get to a point where you feel like you're hitting a wall, and it's like, what is the point of this? Because it's you know it's uh, it takes a long time. And she does mention like what cognitive therapy and a behaviorist. And didn't you bring that up? Um, yes cognitive behavior therapy i was like great you'll finally start getting some results because psychoanalysis (laughs) is bullshit it's not really bullshit but you know it shows more results uh i think cognitive behavioral therapy in general it's just my biased opinion um but then tony's like what you want to pass me off to someone else and she's like well you uh don't respect me or and you don't commit and so he says fine i'll commit whatever and he does through the episode now what what does that entail really like what what do you mean by like cognitive therapy i just as an example yeah that's uh you get like homework basically uh-huh. uh, it's very more much more sort of based on changing your behavior yeah so whatever behavior is triggering whatever it is instead of necessarily digging deep into your childhood trauma i mean you could probably do that as well i'm, I'm not an expert or nothing but but it's like okay what behaviors surround this and then you look at that and then you change that and even just change that like that's the easiest part of your uh yourself to change there's behavior and thoughts and something else i don't know some sort of triangle and uh if you change the behavior that's actually really easy and you'll notice that if you start just not doing a certain thing like when you're stressed out maybe don't go eat meat maybe go for a walk <laughs> like that would probably change things pretty quickly huh interesting yeah and i guess in a in a way it does make sense too where if someone else did have to get involved at least from we know what melfi's dealing with and you know should she drop this pace and should she not um she would want like some sort of real evidence that tony is willing to you know give it an actual go before you know cursing some other doctor with him (laughs) uh as a patient so in (laughs) a weird way like if they're sticking with what would be considered like not the correct therapy for what's going on. It's, it's, it's a good justification as far as uh, the writing's concerned or the show's concerned uh, in a weird way, especially bringing it up. It's kind of like they're aware, but not in a, this is an excuse kind of way. Yes. 
And so they get into the uh, panic attack from last episode, uh, where he saw the rice and fell over when he crashed from being too racist, basically. <laughs> and uh, I, I do like that, you know, it's like, oh, it was the, the rice logo, and that's what we remember, because he, like, wakes up saying it and whatever. But then here it realigns where uh, Melfi actually gets to show her chops and say, like, oh, but you were eating something. Weren't you, like, doing that the first time you collapsed? You were grilling meat, and then you were eating meat here? What's the deal with that yeah yeah and they but they do that weird thing it always makes me uncomfortable when melfi is suddenly like cheerful <laughs> i don't know why yeah because at, at yeah. she's kind of just talking like a doctor but then he goes oh you that memory on you because she remembers the meat and she's like sausages wasn't it and she's got this big fucking grin on her face and uh, well, I that's the coke talking yeah. jim <laughs> yeah i don't know why it always makes me uncomfortable yeah, I did. It didn't stick out to me because it was kind of like, oh, we actually made progress, so it makes True. sense to smile here, yep. and that it also makes sense because you want to build that up and then have it crashing down with him starting to handle business in her office, which is such a disrespectful thing to do for their whole arrangement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they start to get into it, but of course he gets a call, and it's his busy season, and uh, you know it's already uh, kind of out of whack to be doing this in the middle of your therapy session, but never mind that she has to awkwardly sit there while he's clearly like handling some illegal gambling over the phone. So, yes. And I think, uh, from my, you know, if you're, this is your first time listening, I've never seen the Sopranos. Jim has seen every episode. Mm -hmm. My guess is they bring this in because it's going to come up again that she's like, he, he, you know what's happened, like, at the old folks' home or whatever. You just start doing business there. The fact that this is a legally protected space and uh, somewhere he can go and be alone, like, taking a call here or there, it shouldn't hurt. But then it it's, it's something that could easily lead into, well, I'm just going to bring this suitcase with me and I'm going to leave it in the reception and someone else is going to pick it up or whatever. And all of a sudden, she's dragged way further into this than she wants to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they so, don't quite, they start to make progress, but then of course things get off the rails because then Tony's even like forgets what they were talking about. Uh, and yeah. it, it's like a to be continued basically. Mm. And then we got Christopher in a room full of bookies, none of whom like told him what to do, I guess. Like this is the room where the magic happens and, and Christopher's in there just ruining the magic. I, he's yelling football terms, the American football terms that I don't understand uh, about who should have done what. And then they're like, well, Polly did this all the time. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm just going to yell at you because I'm Christopher. Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what they mean about laying off some of the action. Like, I, I guess, can they just start not accepting bets on certain games? Like, I guess that's maybe a thing they could do. I don't know enough about handling a, a book, an illegal bookie uh, system, uh, because that's kind of what yeah. they're talking about is like there was a certain spread because meaning, you know, a team has to win or lose by a certain amount of points for the bet to either win or lose. And mm -hmm. they're at a point where, yeah, they, they covered the spread. So he took a hit on that game. But I, I don't know what they mean when they're talking on the side because he's like, yeah, Paul used to do it all the time. You lay it off the action. I don't know. Maybe it's like sales where they start like having the bookies recommend bets. But I would never like take a recommendation from my bookie. <laughs> like, oh, man, well, you should take the Eagles or whatever. I was like, all right. Well, I, I just assumed it was, like, shifting it to, like, other bookies or whatever, like, oh, yeah, that getting makes sense. the heat off us. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it's almost like it's understandable if you know you have X amount of dollars in play, but then you're taking extra and you, you like, say this game doesn't go your way, you don't have the money to cover it type deal. Um, but but this, either way. Like, so they must just have given, like, shit odds then because... Like, it must have been, like, uh, good odds for that team to win. Or if everyone bits on the one team, don't you give worse odds or whatever? I guess it, it's complicated think, when it's illegal because you have to do it all yourself. Yeah, and I think in that situation, if I remember correctly, it's, like, the spread is, like, a, a 10 or something like that, and the team's up by, like, 11 or 12. And the other mm -hmm. team kicks a worthless field goal, which just means they don't lose by 11, they lose by 8, but... But by them losing by eight, Christopher loses all their money. Like it's sometimes that'll happen where a team will score useless points and all it does is fuck the spread up and people either make big money or they lose big money. Either way, well, all uh, we great. know Christopher's doing bad. Great. That didn't mean anything to me. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah. 
then they're grilling grilling flesh again. Yeah. Flesh on the grill um, for a party where everyone's invited. Um, you want to get Jackie Jr. up in there. Jackie Jr.'s new stepdad, the guy who who was uh, causing a bit of trouble last time, is going out with uh, his mother. And uh, Tony really wants him to be there because he wants to straighten these uh, things out, and he doesn't want this one, uh, this one involved in it. Um, but yeah, he just won't show up. They, there's beepers and calls and whatever. And at the same time, of course, Meadow is pulling her old tricks again. She, she does not want to talk to Daddy. Yeah, well, yeah, and this one, I believe, yeah. So we we find out that Ralphie's with Rosalie. And he's, you know, he's talking shit about Jackie Jr. Guys, he just kid respect, cursing in front of AJ. Uh, Christopher's freaking out about his bookie, t- but he's also telling Tony, make sure you flip that sausage right there. Uh, yeah, Meadow calls at first, and uh, I believe he's talking to AJ a little bit. Because they yeah, thought it a- was Jackie Jr. or something like that. Yeah, AJ appears here. Uh, I mean, he's out by the grill first to hearing the swears, but then he's just there looking out the window. I'll bring this up before I forget it. Um, like, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously biased against flashbacks. Uh, I'll, I'll cop to that. Like, it, I'm not like thinking they never work, but like on average, I'll say you know I'm more biased against them. Um, so the use of flashback in this episode is so great. Uh, it adds so much. I love it. And one of the things is that just seeing Tony as a kid again yeah. reminds me of the connection to, uh, to his own son. Because, of course, we know AJ as this kid who just stares off into space. Yeah. And it makes so yeah. much sense to see Tony be exactly the same way when he's young, which, of course, also ties into the end of the episode. Yes. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not to say... Cause clearly, the actor uh, was it Robert Iller, I believe, that plays AJ. Like uh, he's not great, but the show knows how to play to his strengths, and it's almost like because he's kind of shitty, it just works so well for the AJ character because he is just aloof, and in a weird way, it, it ties into what we were talking about last week. And I think you'd mentioned how when we we're talking about Tony commenting on Meadows' loss of innocence. AJ still has that innocence and that's part of it. And then, yeah, like you said, with seeing young Tony, Tony has that innocence of just being this kind of confused, aloof kid, but caught in this crazy situation with what your dad does for a living, uh, where it does really work. Uh, but yeah, otherwise it's just, you know, another big family dinner, uh, and Jackie Jr. is just you know, rude for no reason to his mother about it. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, he's a kid with, he's got a chip on his shoulder, which in a way you get, like, I think, yeah. Ro- I think Rosalie Mac makes the comment, like, you know, he lost his dad. He lost his dad. Then he kind of had a s- small relationship. We were seeing last season with his uncle. Now his uncle's dead as well. And, you know, I- I'm sure even though everyone's going with the Richie was a rat. And even though Tony didn't kill Richie, Everyone knows or thinks that Tony killed Richie, clearly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and speaking of relationships going south, um, we have Christopher showing up uh, to Polly Walnuts um, to hand over the money. But, hey, it's just a little bit light this week. So no worries, right? And it's like, have you met us? Like, that's the one thing. Remember how I partially said, you know, that your only worry in life is this? And then I also said, uh, I didn't say it, but, you know, you've been with us for, I don't know, a decade. Maybe you noticed how we just kicked the shit out of people who pulled this Christopher. Uh, and he said, he says, you know, don't drag our friendship into this. This is work for me. Um, and it is. And he yeah. asks for the extra two just to keep Christopher honest. Well, pl- I mean, Christopher himself choked Yo-Yo Mendez or whatever his name is with his own Yo-Yo because he gave this right. envelope to someone else. So Chris understands what's going on. I think yeah. I think Polly's being a little bit much. He's like doubling the difference. Usually you put a few points on the difference. Got to pay some interest. But hey. Who am I to judge how Paulie handles his biz? But I love that he's just passed out on a couch, like just. Uh... <laughs> oh, go ahead. I'm Is this Satrielli's? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I like Paulie. It, it makes so much sense because this is his first envelope ever as a made man, and it's like. Christopher, you already fucked this up so bad. I'm going to put another two on there for yep. you. Don't even worry about it. Just keep you honest. Yep. 
And then we have uh, Furio and Tony eating at the Vesuvio's. Uh, good old Artie Bucco's there. Um, and Jackie Jr. shows up and he's just, he's got his sunglasses on. He's being a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I love Furio's line of like, uh, what was it? I got to make two phone calls. <laughs> just walks off with his plates. Yeah, with his food. <laughs> to, to leave him uh, to have this talk. And Tony handles this really well um, because... You know, par- partially he's like lose the glasses, do this and that, but he's not talking de- like he's not talking like this is, uh, you know, uh, what's what's his face? The guy who died last season, the big Richie. guy, who Richie? Yeah, it's yeah. not like he's not talking like he's Richie, like yeah. some some of his captains uh, who's like acting like an idiot. He knows like this kid is acting like a dumb kid, but guess what? He gets to do that because he's not a made man. Christopher doesn't get to act like a dumb kid anymore, but this kid kind of does because his family is all messed up and everything. So, but but it's getting to be a bit much. So I got to talk some sense into him, and he handles it well. Shows his you know mob boss chop sitting there eating his uh, spaghetti. Uh, and uh, yeah, it tells him that his uh, uncle was a rat, which of course is a lie, but uh, he sells it. It's weird because it, like, if you think about it for a second, it would make no sense. Because when we met Richie, didn't he just he got out of jail? He was in jail for like ten years or something like that. So then yeah. all of a sudden he decides to become a rat. Uh, but whatever. Hey, what are you gonna do? He's a rat. Maybe he got released like early, and they could yeah. like spin that. But yeah. But yeah, he 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 sells it anyway, and he says, you, you know, oh, he, your dad wanted you to be a doctor, and he actually gets the kid to be honest here and say, like, well, I can't do it. So he actually makes himself vulnerable here, and and it's not that he doesn't want to. Well, he doesn't want to either, but he just can't. He says, um, but he does at least go back on what he said before. He's not going to drop out of school. Uh, you know, there's other classes you can take. College isn't that hard. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting and it ties in a little bit with this upcoming scene when they're at dinner and it's kind of a nice payoff to that joke last season where AJ mentions like Harvard or West Point and Tony makes a joke about how stupid AJ is. And then you yeah. see like how that stuff really sits in with just a kid and especially when you're their dad. And yeah. I mean... Not that I think, because Jackie Jr. doesn't come off as that smart, so I kind of believe him that he can't do it. But it <laughs> reminds me of, like, someone probably told him he couldn't do it, so he just gave up, and that's what we see with AJ. And, I mean, and to an extension, what we see in the flashbacks with Tony, like, just how effective you can be on a kid uh, as far as what he thinks he can do or accomplish. So I think it's just kind of a nice little touch there. Yeah, and even though like this is almost halfway through the episode, and there hasn't been that stuff, uh, that much stuff with AJ in this episode, but it still mm-hmm. feels like a very formative episode for him. Yep. Um, like you mentioned, like what shapes a young man, and like we get into that right in the next scene where he's on the football team and he gets uh, put in towards the end. And again, I have no fucking clue what's going on out there, Jim. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I get it. You know, the music, the slow motion. I like, I, through context, it makes sense. They're cheering. He did a good thing. Because I really thought in slow motion, like, did AJ just die? Like, yeah. is he dead under there? <laughs> but then, no, he did a good thing. He held on to the ball. And that's yeah. a good thing in American football, uh, I guess. So, uh, so great job, AJ. Your dad's real proud. Yeah, he just made a play. He recovered the fumble. And, yeah, it... I love how they kind of make it so with the slow motion, it's, uh, you know, caveman like in a way. And I guess that's true. Like with any sport, my favorite detail here is that he is watching the game with George P. Acosta. Now, who is George P. Acosta? You may ask. Yeah, he's, I do. He's the man in season one. Remember when AJ got get into a fight at school and then Tony's. Yeah. Tony sees the dad at the landscaper place and Tony's holding the axe. <laughs> yeah. I never noticed it before till this rewatch and I had to look it up. And yes, it's he's the same character. The guy that get all scared and like ran away because he saw Tony with the axe. <laughs> oh, that's so great. I, I was like, is, that's got to be a character. Like, I don't know, but it seems like he's a character and he was. Oh, and what a character. That's so, so great. And they're jumping and hugging because I guess his kid is presumably in there as well in the team. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic um and tony gets to say that's my son to the guys in suits and afterwards tony like this is football for tony is not just football this is like oh i can connect to aj now but aj uh i don't know like it is he's kind of just doing this 
because he's friend out of cool jersey. Yep. He still wants to play Nintendo. And for Tony, it's like, but you play football now. You can't play football and Nintendo. Yeah. And it's like, what? No. And, but, and then AJ kind of agrees, showing again how he can easily be molded or anyone young can be molded by a parental figure mm-hmm. going like, no, no, we're doing this. You're this now. And it's sad to me, too, because... Um... You know, well, like they even show how AJ AJ's even kind of confused on why Tony's so happy that he made the play, like, yep. and they kind of, you know, we see it through the slow mo and then just him looking at it, and it's just a bum up because it's like, I, I like that Tony's excited because he gets to share something with AJ because I mean, as we've o- Tony always talks about, you know, when he played sports, I think there's even he hangs for a moment when he's looking at his like varsity letter. Uh, from his jacket when they're going through stuff in the basement. And, of course, he brings up how Uncle Junior told him he never had the makings of a varsity athlete. Um, But AJ also wants to spend time with his dad, but he wants to do something he wants to do. You know, he's like, okay, can we play Nintendo? And it kind of depresses me that Tony doesn't pick up on that because he's just kind of a selfish bitch in a way. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. and that was so sad when he's like, oh, he didn't say, I just want to go home and play a video game. He said, like, you and me, yeah. you could sit and play the Nintendo. Yeah. Like, and then, you know. When are you going to stop with that childish <laughs> bullshit? Yeah. Oh, cool. Great, Dad. And as you said, and, uh, yeah, he yeah. gives in. He just kind of gives into it because he still gets to spend some time with his dad. And then I do love that the next scene, Tony has mustard stains on his shirt. <laughs> Ah, from the food place. Yeah. Continuity. I like it. And yeah, Carmela gives him a call to get him home. Again, another AJ scene where um, they get into the college, like we mentioned earlier. I mean, he manages to spill his drink, which again, he doesn't have to be an A-class actor, but it's such an AJ thing of like, let's just have him spill the drink. And Tony's like, every night or something. Uh so you know that well, is great for the old confidence. Well, I think the I think the important detail here is that it's Carmilla that comments about it, because uh, Tony's still kind of riding high on AJ being an athlete. So because I was kind of paying attention to see, because Tony just starts talking about like sports again, and uh, that's yeah, college comes up or whatever. But yeah, Carmilla makes a comment about him you know yeah oh yet again like <laughs> way to go genius and it's great because then when the phone rings aj's like can i answer it because he just wants to get the fuck out of that situation yeah yeah because it started i mean they get into like you said harvard or west point and now he says no i'd never get in i would never have said that and uh sad because it's true yeah <laughs> it's true you know <laughs> and like you said the phone rings he rushes off i think it's uh or it's i think again. maybe carmela no, answers yeah, Tony. Tony answers. Or Tony answers, but yeah, the, but then AJ says, can I talk to her? Like, he gets all excited. Like, he's, like, finally yeah. and, and out to get out of this. And, yeah, Venom yeah. doesn't want to talk to Tony, clearly. Yeah, is, can I, is mom there? She <laughs> says a bunch of times, I believe, or maybe that's later. But, um, but yeah, so they just get left there eating their dinner alone, even though the whole idea was making it a family dinner. Then we get into Svetlana, the leg storyline, which is, uh, you know, we can summarize it. The leg's gone. What a mystery. What happened to the leg, Jim? (laughs) Yeah, what happened to the leg indeed. I mean, that leg, what, $20,000 that leg, plus the boot, (laughs) like a designer boot that was on it. If it was, if there wasn't buried treasure in that in that house now, uh, there, there were well. If it wasn't buried treasure before, there is now, and you got a real life pirate as well going around looking for it. <laughs> what a p- fucked up thing to do! Like even with like her murdering her fiance, it's like this is such a messed up thing to do. Well, and it's great because uh, I, we kind of glossed over it, but when they are both at the house originally, Janice kind of learned from her initial reaction like she can't play it that you know uh in your face like at the funeral when she's like i want the fucking records you know back at the house and you are yep. uh, you know by the end of the week or whatever because now she has to play nice and because like svetlana it's not like svetlana is this great person she you know you clearly feel like there's some uh underhandedness going on there as well but she just knows how to play it properly but yeah, Janice just takes to the next level and steals the leg, and you know maybe there's a maybe the leg will show up. Maybe if the records show up, then maybe this leg will be back. Yeah, it's like just seeing her jump around. It's like <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's such a messed up thing to do that 
I don't even think it's a time perspective thing as far as being politically correct here in the good oh, old yeah, year no. of 2018. <laughs> There's no way that was fine back then. No. Like, I know things have changed, but it's still like you're taking away someone's, like, that's not just a possession to them. That is part of them. They have to identify that as part of them. Again, I'm not an expert. I don't know about this, but but it's such, like, it's who they are. Taking away someone's wheelchair, it's like, what the what the fuck, Janice? Yeah, are you really just like I I get it. You want the records, but you got the house. Like, chill out, please. Yeah, let it go. Just let the stupid records go. Yeah. Well, speaking of letting things go, Christopher can't let go of this bird. The next scene starts with him going, "It was that fucking bird <laughs> trying to figure out what's caused all this bad luck." Clearly, it was the bird. And Adriana has to say, "Like, no, that's if they're in the house flapping around, and that means death. and it means death." Yeah. <laughs> I Thanks, love that babe. they have to argue over it. And then, now, yeah, then he's like, where's that bracelet I got you? And she mentions his car. He throws her on the bed, and he has to apologize. And I think we even get to a quick sh- – well, we kind of intercut back and forth more with the missing leg, and then we catch up with Chris, who's just beating up – who seems more like a derelict, confused person than someone that's, like, all the way there. And they have, like, a yeah. – they're just, like, a druggie, clearly, and they have a couple bucks. But you owe me 300 so he beats the shit out of them, leaves their dollars on the street, and drives away. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, Tony shows up to deal with the whole leg situation, and his former mistress is there looking mighty fine, I might add. Yeah. She cleaned up nice. <laughs> yeah, and she's getting married now, she said, I believe. Yes. But she also uh, exactly. has hold, held on to this idea that she could somehow be friend, Like, her and Tony could just be friends. Like, clearly that's not a thing. And even if she's getting married, I believe that it's just to make Tony jealous because she thinks she's going to win him back somehow. Yep. Yeah, I think that's fair uh, in, in how she plays this. That That is how it seems with her eyes all over him and on him. Um, but Tony doesn't want to deal with any of this. He goes to the fridge and uh, takes out the gabagool. Yep, and then we get a slow move in on his face, crossfade to the past. I was actually surprised that you were positive on the flashback. Um, not that I'm yeah, negative of on you it. Were. Not that I'm negative on it, but yeah, like you you'd mentioned earlier, usually you're kind of not a fan, and it, yep. it's a weird choice in this episode because it comes fairly late. Uh, but I'm with you because I think it does give important details and it does all tie tie in with what's going on, and uh, it works on a few levels, like thematically and also just to show that Tony is making a bit of progress in therapy. Yeah, and as far as, like, the transitions, I remember other times there have been flashbacks, and it's like, we got to have three flashbacks in the episode just because, you know, we got to parallel what's going on in the past with the present. But here, no, you just... I, I, well, maybe there are, they have two. I don't remember in this one. But it's like, no, we get to it when it's important, when it's in his mind, and it's very clear why we're going into it, and, like, it, it's all makes so much sense and just the actual transition of him in his mind we see why he's going back to that place after the stuff Melfi said was brewing in his brain and I think we cut out of the the flashback similarly like cutting into therapy unless I'm mistaken no I think you're right and it, it's kind of too but not really because it's like we leave Tony at Livia's house he goes into the flashback and then that blends into him just already in therapy talking about it and then he just continues the story, so we go back into the flashback, basically. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah, um, and, and it goes back, so it's him. It's his father cutting off a man's finger, and then it continues to him saying, "His father, like, yo, you disobeyed your old man, and I ought to give you the belt, but you didn't run away. You did the AJ thing and just stared like an yeah. idiot. Yeah. And I'm proud of you, son." Um, and like we mentioned, he does the AJ thing and then like it matches up so well. And then he sort of like Melfi says, there's this whole weird situation with the meat. And I like that Svetlana mentions Satrelli's meat delivery was still coming in like in the present uh, as well, because that's the only time she was happy. She was still getting that meat. And um, yeah, they, there's a central dance and like Melfi brings up all the obvious parallels so we don't have to of like bringing home the bacon and where the meat came from and the fingers and the meat and the sexuality of his parents and it was all too much. He short-circuited. Yes, and uh, I like that we're also seeing it's a weird origin story too because 
This is Satrielli's pork store. This is actually Mr. Satrielli. So you can kind of infer that he's a degenerate gambler, and that's why they have Satrielli's that they just (laughs) hang out at all the time. Like, you know, we can kind of fill in the blanks of how that played out, and then, you know, Johnny Boy Soprano eventually got Satrielli's, and now it's in the family. Uh, And, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, it's it. I, I also like that, you know, Johnny Boy, Tony's dad, it is kind of like sick. Well, I mean, it's not kind of. It's sick that he he is, you know, praising his son for for just being a tough guy or whatever. Like, uh, you know, warping his yeah. son even more because not only did he witness a bizarre thing, but now he's like, you did good. You didn't run away. You know, you're tough. And make sure you – that's why you never gamble, Tony. Never, <laughs> you know, never ever gamble. Yeah, and now he's I mean he's I guess it makes sense he's he's not actually gambling, but it does feel at the same time like Christopher's gambling. Like when you're on Christopher's level, apparently it's still kind of like gambling cuz you got to got to get that spread, yeah. whatever that means. And uh yeah, so uh uh they they oh, uh Melfi brings up Proust, which we all know from um uh, Little Miss Sunshine. And uh <laughs> she talks about how a single um, the favor released a cascade of memories, and that's very similar to what's going on here. And you can see how Tony is affected, and uh, yeah. And then he, he says, uh, uh, "This sounds very gay." He, they, they need to stop. I think it's uh, Melfi says like, it's got to stop here for today. Yeah. Wait, well, I, well, I just love that he just his response is, "This sounds very gay." <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then we kind of see like a montage of just kind of people reacting to football, right? Like we see like juniors just like watching football. There's a strip club, but no one's paying attention to the strippers. They're all watching football on the team, uh, on the TV. And then, um, what, then it's just like Tony and AJ, like watching football, but then Carmelo's going to go visit Meadow. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that montage is actually here, but that doesn't really matter Uh, because like you said, uh, the important Uh, thing yeah, Tony's right. there. Yeah, Tony's there, kind of do, doing his thing of like, now nah, we have football. Now nah, we have a way to connect, and it's going okay. You know, AJ's there for it, um, but then he's also very quick to get up and get out of there um, as soon as there's an opportunity to go, to go to the big city. And Tony wants to come, and then he doesn't. And again, the scene from last week was a bit comedic with Tony just being the most racist. And uh, I, I do like how that you know starts to develop here and, and make more sense. And I, I add some interesting drama because it's not Tony showing up and like, oh, with the blacks. Uh, it's actually Meta wants Tony to show up just so she can shove it like in his face or like make this, like Carmela says, like manufacture some sort of drama here. Um, which isn't unreasonable because it is a messed up thing. She doesn't want it to be like a whatever thing. Um, so it's it's interesting, I say. And also Carmela, the way she's kind of like, I'm not going to tell you not to come. And then with Meadow, like, I'm not going to tell you get in the middle of this. But anyway, here's your rollerblades or whatever. Yeah, I like how I, I, I agree. I like how it all plays out. And even like Noah kind of seems like a dick, but he, he has every right to be a dick. So you can't hold it against him, but just in a way of how he's like, I'm not leaving unless she wants oh, me yeah. to like stuff like that. Cause I'm not saying he's a dick because I completely get it. And I'm like, you know, I'm on his side to a point. Uh, but it's just, I it's, it's, it plays very real. And it, it is almost like I like, they call it out that, you know, Meadows like bum that her dad didn't come. So they couldn't have the big, like, you know, row in front of everyone. And she could, it would be even better for her to do it in front of Noah to even kind of like, you know, show him that she's on his side or whatever. This, this want for the drama. And then Tony, like and and Carmela is basically handling everyone pretty well because Tony wanted it also. Like he, he's not that aloof where he's like, Oh, I'll get my shoes. I'll come too. He already knows Meadow didn't want to talk to him on the phone. So he was ready to just show up and start a scene. But Carmelo's just spelling it out to everyone, and everyone's kind of like, "Oh yeah, I guess." Uh, but yeah. Meadow does hit Carmelo with something. What? What? She, she mentions like, um, you know, NBC. Oh, uh, like her, basically, like your situation that you're in. You know, the um, kind of the mobs, like kind of insinuating at the mob stuff. Because then Carmelo has to ask, 
you know, airing your family business. And she says, you know, he put it together on his own or something like that, which I guess makes sense because everyone's always talking about how he's on the uh, he's on, you know, TV and shit. So how would this guy not know who Tony Soprano is? Yes. And uh, the other bomb is they're going to the weekend home of Noah's parents, friends who work at NBC. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, So and she does say it like it's a like she's just owned her somehow. Where it's yes. like, if you must know. Oh, because, yeah, Carmelo says, you know, I don't like you riding your bike in the city, but, you know, there's a padded shirt in your helmet. Well, if you must know, I'm going to Connecticut with a friend of Noah's family. Yeah, and what a layered line, by the way. I don't like you riding your bike in the city, but here's the helmet. Yeah. Like, I'm letting you out there in the world. <laughs> Meanwhile, again, AJ's doing his classic routine of looking at things. And again, like you said, he's not necessarily the greatest actor, but he's much better than he was in season one. Yeah. At the same time, he actually has some expression on his face when he's looking around. And I think when he comes home, he says, and it's kind of heartbreaking how he's like, all those freaks clever, more clever than me. I'm never going to go to college. Yeah, well, it's, it is it is basically my notes. I wrote AJ Soprano experiences the diversity of college. And, yeah. and that's it's like a short film. It's one minute long or 30 <laughs> seconds long of him just looking around and, you know, seeing people of different races and religions and sexuality and just kind of being uh, just overloaded. And I guess it ties yeah. in a little bit because before he gets kicked out to go wait outside, he's like, what did dad say? And they won't tell him. And then he looks at no and he goes, Oh, I know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as far as the diversity overwhelming him, he truly is his father's son. <laughs> yeah. It's and like, I don't I even deal think, with this. And I also don't think it's like from what I'm reading from it, it's not a malicious thing. It's yeah. more about him thinking again, that he's kind of, uh, basic, I guess, if we put it in 2018 terms. He just thinks of himself as like a simpleton, which there's a lot of truth to that, so I get it. And it's just more overwhelming. And yeah. and even just reading from the way he leaves, like between leaving the, the table to talk to Meadow on the phone and then wanting to go visit Meadow instead of watch football with Tony, because, you know, you mentioned it, AJ joined the football team because his friend had a cool jersey. And he did a good thing, but everyone now is talking to him like, oh, yeah, man, you're great at football. This is awesome for you. But he's just like, I just kind of did it for fun, and now I have all this stress and pressure on this thing I don't love. Yeah, kind (laughs) of like uh, Christopher. He's the fortunate son as well. Like He got what he wanted, and now he's screwed. Um, So, yeah, speaking of Christopher, of course, uh, he's running around looking for money any avenue he can. He runs in. Well, no, he doesn't run into. He seeks out Janky to talk about this whole, what's this coffee shop thing? Whatever you got going, let's get some cash up in here. So they decide to rob a benefit concert, um, bring uh, bring Jackie Jr. along as the wheel man. And uh, it's really like a a throwback. Uh, Act as he may that like he doesn't belong in a pizza parlor. You sure do belong in a pizza parlor acting this way, Christopher. Well, and I love that he's dressed up like like what he thinks a college kid is. He has like suspenders and like a windbreaker tied around his waist and stuff. It's so great (laughs) Uh, because we're seeing him in suits through all the episodes. And now he has to look like what he thinks a college kid is. And yeah, they put screen masks on and I believe it's a jewel benefit. And uh, another little interesting tidbit is the dude working the counter at the benefit is Perez Hilton. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because he's he the one that's lines like... lines and everything. Yeah, he's like, you're robbing a benefit. Like, he's all confused. He's holding the cash that he's about to give him. He's like, yeah. you know this is a benefit, right? Uh, and then <laughs> what, his friend Benny even lets out a shot because they're trying to, you know, calm the crowd and they have to run away. Jackie Jr. pisses himself because he really has to piss. Yeah, it really could be a, a, a like a situation with uh, Be- Be- Bevilacqua and his buddy. Like this could be something they pulled. I feel. Yes. Yeah. It's really sloppy, and I guess it just does show how desperate uh, Christopher is. And now he has now that he's made, he has to do extra shit like this just so he could pay off his boss. <laughs> yeah. And then he, uh, well, uh, before we get into it, we do get another scene raising the stakes with Svetlana and the leg and uh, Janice. We already got into it, but she, like, I, I'm i putting my money on Svetlana on this one. She's Russian. Uh, you know, uh, Janice, she might act as she will, but uh, she's not Russian. And um, I believe Svetlana when she says that she's going to regret fucking with her. Yes, I agree. 
Um, and then what we do get a shot of Chris. Well, no, first we have uh, Polly goes to see Tony and he's got the envelope for Tony. Now we had a good week skip and Tony's kind of in his boss mode where he's just got his fork and his pasta and he gets to sit there and eat. Uh, I just he, assume he's been there yeah. since last time, more <laughs> yeah. or less. Like somehow the other stuff was all cut weirdly. He was he's just he, that's just where he is. That's his life now that he's the big boss. And Polly does drop the information that Christopher had to, you know, rob some sort of concert with Jackie Jr. And you know, this is a, a surprise to Tony because he just told Jackie Jr. to go back to school, and he told Chris to look out for him. So yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and it did uh, it did work out as well. Um, well, what, what am I saying? It, it, <laughs> he thought it was going pretty well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, and it, he was right. He had the he had it going, but then because of the extra cre- pressure on Christopher, it got fucked up. And we get to see as Tony calls Chris, and Christopher gets to just kind of turn a, turn and cover himself in blankets and hide from his pager for a little while. He's had quite enough this week. He's had to pay out eight thousand dollars that he barely had. Uh, just to keep his dumb bookie afloat. Yep, that feel when your alarm clock rings for work, am I right? Yeah, exactly. He's that feel for sure. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, it's like, <laughs> uh, we get uh, a scene with AJ, of course, to wrap it all up, like you mentioned, uh, where he gets this extra responsibilities, like the defensive captain or whatever, because mm-hmm. he gets this whole speech about how great he did. <laughs> and he's like, uh, what? Okay. Yeah. That part's not too bad. And then he just falls over. And um, I, uh, I I loved it because it was such a great way of connecting the different parts of the episode up right at the end there. Yeah. And the way the music starts as well. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Well, yeah, it's great because the stupid coach, he's like, you know, look at Soprano, everybody. He sat on the bench for three quarters. Did he rest on his laurels? You know, did he let that? No, he stayed alert. He stayed ready. And it's great because not that AJ has to spell this out. It, you know, he, he didn't do anything. He just kind of lucked out, basically. Like, he just lucked out yeah. with a good play. And now everyone's like, wow, the intensity. This guy is natural. <laughs> Get him on the field. <laughs> Almost to the point that I wondered at the time if, like, did Tony do this? Does he know the coach? <laughs> did he buy him some pasta? Like, what's going on here? But no, I believe it. It's just too comedic that his raw natural talent is just hanging out and doing a thing. I believe he he didn't like rest on his laurels because he was bored. So he was just like, yeah, I'll just do the football thing. Yeah. And then it was fine. And then like, oh, you're so great at football. And he's like, huh? What? Yeah. Just did the thing. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. What a, a way to tie it all together, and then. You know, yet we get to see another collapse, but not Tony this time. AJ Soprano. Plot twist. Yes. Plot twist indeed. And we know that uh, Tony's father had the same spells, as uh, Carmine would call it. So uh, this just goes to show. Uh, it, it, it just works because it is so much about generations and families going back and forth through time. That's why I don't mind the time skip. Uh, it all adds up. So... Um, Good stuff, and I, I enjoy getting a bit deeper into Tony's psyche. We've seen food all the way through The Sopranos all the time, and now actually uh, getting into like what what it means, it makes so much sense. And I don't think from the start they were like, in season three, we're going to discover <laughs> that it was, it was all about food. It's just a theme in the show, so it makes sense to tie it together because that's what he does. When he's stressed out, he goes and eats the meat. And uh, he he does say a line, which since you're mentioning like lines that get bigger than they are, surely all this for a, from some gabagool or yeah. something, that's yeah. got to be a famous line, right? Yeah. I want that to be one. like the sub <laughs> subtitle of our podcast. Yeah. It's just some gabagool, but hey, we got all this out of it. <laughs> got all this out of a slice of gabagool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the episode. Any yep. other thoughts you had on it? Uh, no, no. I think that about covers it. It is. It's definitely a good one. And a and I think like kind of what we were talking about uh, with the first and second episode, it does feel like now in episode three, we're more in season three mode and we're kind of yep. going down that path where it did feel like the first two were a little bit more cleanup and kind of realigning the pieces, if you will. 
Yeah, and maybe that was also part of me going like, this is a great episode. Yeah. I'm just used to the higher standard of uh, The Sopranos, and the last two episodes had those issues. Uh, so now that it's back, I'm, I'm like, wow, this is great, yeah. and it is. So what do you think? Uh, great episode, worst one you ever saw? Send your thoughts to shows what you know show at gmail.com, and we'll include it in our discussion. Once again, that's shows what you know show at gmail.com. I also mentioned that those who do leave a review on iTunes, we will personally come to your place prick your finger burn a card in your hands and then we're blood forever so please do leave a five-star review yeah you know five stars would be preferable or we might come with more than just a needle to prick your finger and uh you know we're, we'll be family so just go ahead and do it yeah that's a little thing we like to call this thing of ours in omuerta if you will all you have to do is leave a review um, you can also find more of our television discuss- discussions at showswhatyouknow.com, and you can find more from Jacob personally at awesomepedia.org, and more from me at jimandthem.com. That's right. And with all that said, I believe there's just one more thing to say. Oh, yeah. What's that? Cut to black. <laughs> <laughs>